0: Welcome to the Monday Morning Tearscast, the first, best, and only podcast related to the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. Once again, I am your host, Daniel Kite, back for what is sure to be a interesting, hopefully completed 2020-2021 season. We're back at it again, doing fantasy football for our eighth year. And in this momentous eighth year, in this unprecedented COVID times, we have ourselves a new challenger entering into our league, replacing uh, the dearly departed Joseph Tulk. Uh, and he's on the podcast today. Uh, we're going to welcome onto the pod now, Jonathan Carvallo. Jonathan, how you doing?
1: Doing great, Daniel. But I'd just like to mention, my last name is actually just Jonathan Carvalho.
0: Oh, I've sorry. Dis- I, my apologies. I'm going to, I thought, Noah, you were, I thought I, it was like the same family as Danny. I, I, I get that confused.
1: I've actually completely disassociated myself with the De Carvalho family in uh, just preparing for this season. So Jonathan Carvalho now and forever. No more Di Carvalho. Gone. It's dead. I mean,
0: I, I, I can't help but think that you made the right choice. Uh, disassociating from, from Danny, I think in all respects is typically a good move.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a stain. He's just a stain on the Carvalho name. So it, I think it was just, he did the best bet for everyone, really. Just going forward without that D-Carvalho, let Danny stay in his, uh, his pity and uh, I'll just move forward with my life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But yeah, I don't. I digress. I digress. Danny bashing, that will be, that will be plentiful this entire season, but let's digress. I'll, I'll Beautiful look, voice, that, by I'll... the way. Beautiful voice. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things I wanted
0: to actually start off by asking you, was just to to confirm whether you are or are not, in fact, Danny. Because it has been a thing in our league where we have had suspected uh, sec- players who who are just double accounts. Even though I talked to to Chris last year, I still kind of believe that he's just an Andre surrogate. <laughs> so can you confirm whether you are actually Danny or not?
1: I can confirm that there's absolutely no chance that I am Danny nor do I have any part of me that wants to be like Danny so
0: okay let's, I'm let's, have that let's, let's
1: drop that yeah that's definitely that that is dead there's no way I'm Danny
0: and I, I have at least met you in person once or twice before so I I, I at least see like I've, I've seen a physical corpus of you to know that you are an existing person and not just a voice <laughs> that exists yes so.
1: yes unless this is a part of Danny's elaborate scheme you know maybe he's he's figured out a way to just create this person. I wouldn't it put it past them.
0: His... I'm sure you yeah, can hire a guy like you on Reddit for like 25 bucks to just like pretend to be you or something <laughs> like that. But...
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Leave it to Danny to do something like that. But yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so John, let's, let's learn a little bit about your, uh, your history in fantasy football. So how, how long have you played fantasy football before? Is this your first year or, or how, how into fantasy football have you been before?
1: So I actually only started watching football, I think, in the 2017 season. So that was when I first started watching it. And that was purely because I started gambling on the sport. Unless there's something on the game, unless a player of mine on my fantasy team is playing or have maybe a couple bucks on the game, I cannot watch football. So I started fantasy football in a family league with Danny, who introduced me to it in 2018. So done two seasons. I'm about a 500-type manager. I think last year I went one game over 500 the year before I finished exactly at 500. So I'm improving. In my third year, I'm looking to, you know, just take everyone by chalk, just come in as the underdog and just, you know, make a few people cry. So that's my objective here, not to experience, but I have heart and that's ultimately what you need to, to guide a team to the finals. You know what I mean?
0: I got to say, I I relate hard to your comment about having trouble watching a lot of football without gambling on it. I keep thinking that I'm going to stop gambling on football, but it's just, it's so much fun. And it actually makes me give a shit about the games that I think I'm probably going to dive back into it. Uh, So I I 100% relate with you on that. Uh, and you know, having a, a consistent five hundred, you know, record there and on the upswing is better than a lot of folks can say in this league. Frankly, it's we've we've uh, we've had an interesting league history where I kind of look back. I was I was doing some research just before and like the, the amount of like first place guys and second place guys and third place guys, it, it tends to be the same group of people. So I mean, you you probably have a decent shot of of making the playoffs at least, or uh, you know, finding your way into that. Top echelon there, so I, I wouldn't sell yourself short there.
1: Yeah, I should also add in my first season, and this is this speaks to the character of Danny. I don't want to keep talking about him, but it just needs to be addressed. My first season, I was drafting second overall in our draft, and this is the Le'Veon Bell lockout year, right? This is where he was protesting and did not want to uh, to return to training camp, right? And I had barely known anything about football. I didn't know how good Le'Veon Bell is. All I knew is that he was pretty damn good that he was going to go at the one or two spot. And several of my friends had said, avoid drafting Le'Veon Bell. Avoid drafting Le'Veon Bell. He's not going to return for, for the Steelers. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Dan drafted Le'Veon Bell that second. You know, I thought, you know, a bond that we shared as cousins for so long, you trust what he said. I ended up drafting Le'Veon Bell that year. And in my first, of course, he locked out. He didn't play the entire season. But I lost my first, first four games. Because of that, until I picked back up, and I came like that season as well. Like I said, I ended up finishing finishing 500 despite taking bad advice, probably sabotaged by Danny. And then uh, last year, who did I draft? I had another. I think it was uh, not that. What's his name? The running back for Dallas. Oh, I'm blanking on Zeke. his name.
0: Ezekiel Elliott.
1: Zeke. Zeke. He missed a few games as well with contract disputes. So you know, I've ha- I've been unlucky in my first picks of the draft. Thanks on a couple running backs that didn't pan out, but you know, this year we're going to turn it around, not take any advice from anyone and just do my thing.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. You said about the contract disputes, because there's already a few guys that have some contract disputes that, that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but yes, of course, it's always a good uh, rule of thumb to, to never trust any football thought that Danny has. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll mention last year, Uh, early on in the season i i hope danny's still butthurt about it so i want to mention it again Uh, we made a trade early on in the season where i was trying to get a a number one uh, wide receiver and danny needed a running back and so i was able to uh, maneuver a trade for it was carryon johnson and i think an arizona wide receiver for michael thomas and another guy and the next week carry on like went down with an injury and then michael thomas went on to be an absolutely dominant uh, wide receiver that season so mm-hmm. uh, it was just literally probably the most one-sided trade i think maybe in our league history uh, and you know danny was on the, the the worst end of that so yeah never trust danny <laughs> on, on fantasy no football.
1: no never 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 he's a good guy other than that but when it comes to football, you just yeah, this is true. I mean,
0: I, I I have asked him to be the the best man at my wedding, so I guess he's an okay dude, but never in fantasy <laughs> football. No, no, exactly,
1: exactly.
0: Uh, speaking of which, I wanna I wanna just quickly recap last season's kind of finale because we we didn't do a final podcast uh, for last year's season. So just uh, to recap the action that went down last year, uh, last year's champion was Taras. Uh, I am McLorvin who defeated me in the finals (laughs) third time in five years. I've lost in the finals, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Uh, We went to the finals and he defeated me there. It was a rather sound thumping. It was not stressful. Uh, Dalvin cook was injured in those final weeks and I didn't have him as my stud. It was really deeply heartbreaking. Uh, And then we had both Danny and Victor were actually in the the semifinals. They lost uh, to either one of us. Uh, And then, most importantly, we're, we were really happy to finally see it come up on on Instagram and in the group. Uh, the winner of the Butthurt Bowl was Andre, and it's so exciting to see him uh, carry that name throughout the year and, and see him be upset. I don't, you, you may not be aware of this yet, John, but for the most part, a lot of this podcast is just shit-talking Andre. Uh,
1: yeah, understandably as well.
0: Yeah, and, and, and for the record here, 100% of the people that won the Butthurt Bowl this last year uh, didn't come on the podcast. <laughs> so if you, if you want to avoid the Butthurt Bowl, you have to come on the podcast. That's just kind of a, a major rule there.
1: Yeah, but let me ask you a question. If Andre did come on the, the podcast, do you think he still would have won the Butthurt Bowl?
0: The, I, that's the thing. It's it's impossible to know, quite frankly. I think yeah, we, you know if we powerless. had this conversation, yeah. you know, I could have set him straight, uh, and he would have mm-hmm. made some better decisions. You know,
1: yeah, that's just that's just his nature. You know, he just tries away from the excitement. Plays safe, reserved. Assuming that's what he's going to do this season is right. drafting as well, right?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious to see how he's going to draft. My 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 thought is that maybe he'll he's too caught up in his uh, his police work and he won't mm. have time to prepare quite as thoroughly. So he's going to throw you know a bunch of money at uh, Leonard Fournette or something like that. Something. Like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. So what I want yeah. to do here, John? Then uh, I, you, you you've mentioned that you you've only started watching football uh, a few years ago. So I thought just as kind of a pre-draft preview of some of the uh, the major storylines that have gone on in football over the past uh, month or two or so. Uh, I thought we might just go quickly division by division to see if there's any uh, storylines or any players or any any just anything that's of interest to us uh, division by division. So, uh, do you do you have a, a team that you support?
1: So I'm currently on the market for a team. Uh, okay. There's a lot of. A lot of teams are contacting me saying that they need my support, but I haven't pled my allegiance to anyone just yet. I do have a Detroit Lions hat, which I really like, except Detroit is a lousy city. Um, so, so, so let's start with the Detroit
0: then. Let's, uh, let's start with the NFC North. So we have the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Chicago Bears. Is there any, oh. any player or any storyline out of those four teams that, that stands out to you?
1: Let's talk about Thielen.
0: Talk to me about Thielen. What are you thinking about him?
1: What do you, what do you think about his uh, I'm last man standing approach? What do you think about his, uh, you know, might die on the field approach? You think that's a safe bet? You think the Americans love that?
0: I actually am. I th- I'm pretty high on Thielen, to be honest, because getting rid of Stephon Diggs kind of left that big target vacuum there. And they replaced him with this rookie that they drafted in the first round, Justin Jefferson, but the reports out of camp seem to be that he has not really impressed, which only makes me think that, that Thielen really is going to be the number one guy. And, I mean, you, you might worry that he's going to get, like, double covered and, and all that. but and, and that could also benefit, you know, a Dalvin Cook in the passing game as well. Uh, it could also benefit uh, their tight ends, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr., uh, so there's a lot of potential targets to go around there, but I'm I'm still pretty high on Thielen to be honest. What do you think?
1: I, I think I'm gonna stay away from that guy. I think I'm gonna stay away from the majority of the Vikings, to be honest. What's Delvin Cook's situation though? Is he going get is he still locked out or is he still holding out? Wasn't he in a contract dispute or am I wrong about that?
0: He was. It it sounds like he's he's getting ready to kind of put the pads on and get ready for week one uh although you always kind of worry there might be like a melvin gordon situation where he might ch- just choose to sit out some games but i think he needs to to play six games to at least uh go to free agency uh so we'll see about that I, I, if anything my main worry with the vikings is, is kirk cousins after seeing a couple days ago that he thinks covid is like dumb and that wearing a mask is dumb so i'm a little bit worried he might uh you know, spread the virus out to all his teammates by, by not wearing a mask anywhere. That, that's the most worrying thing to me about that offense, to be
1: honest. Yeah, well, that, that's definitely it. I think, like, the Vikings, in particular, from what I've been reading, they seem that they're above the virus, right? And I think that's a scary thing this year because that's definitely a consideration that everyone needs to have is how respective or how nonchalant are these players toward coronavirus, period. Are these players going to be interacting with fans? Are they going to be interacting in the streets? Because, you know, it only takes a second, right? And it's not that the coronavirus is going to kill these guys or whatever it may be, but these guys get sick and they're going to go on lockdown mandatory for 14 days. So that's a big consideration. And after hearing what Cousins was saying, and I think Phelan had a comment about um, the coronavirus as well this week, it's just a team I don't want to be around. And that's definitely an approach I'm taking toward them. And for a matter of fact, any player or team that has similar responses, especially from the big guys, like you do not want to hear that from your QB. So,
0: Yeah, absolutely fair. Uh, let, let's stick with the NFC. Let's go to the NFC East. So we got the Cowboys, uh, the Washington football team, we've got the Eagles, and we have the Giants. Any Any storylines that are particularly intriguing to you out of any of those four teams?
1: I'm thinking of Dak Prescott last year. I drafted him early on and he did well. I think this guy's an overhyped player. I don't think he's going to pan out to what he's expected to do, especially because he's also in the shits with his contracts. Um, But overall, Nothing really stands out for me. Maybe if you can spark a conversation, I'll catch up on it. But
0: well, I, I actually kind of like what you said about Dak there because I'm I'm almost on the exact opposite end of that. I think Dak is going to be huge again this season. I I'm, I'm kind of curious why you don't think he's going to be able to continue that
1: success. There's just too many distractions. I know they drafted they drafted a new uh, wide receiver, CD CD yeah. Lamb, who yeah. looks like a stud. Con- he does look like a stud, but what does that mean for Amari Cooper? What's going, on, what's going
0: on with him? Which I mean, that's fine. I, mean, I think you're right. I think there could be some some drop in production from Amari. And I mean, Amari's always been kind of a boomer bust guy. But I mean, I I have a hard time seeing how a guy like Dak Prescott with three great wide receivers, because we don't even want to forget about Michael Gallup either, who's also been really productive. Mm-hmm. It's it seems like he's just going to have all the the weapons in the world to to really uh, make something happen out there. I I'm, I I. I don't know if I will buy shares in Dak just because I think his cost is going to be too high. Like, I think he's going to go for quite a bit in our auction, um, but I would love to have him, honestly. I think Dak is going to be a top five QB, like, locked in.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know. that He just seems like he can't lead a superstar team with that many options with everything that's going on. He just doesn't seem like, it, like he's that guy. Not in Dallas. Maybe somewhere else. Maybe with a little bit less pressure, but... I watched Dallas a lot last year because I had Zeke, Cooper, and another player. On the, I think I had Gallup as well on, that, on my team. So mm-hmm. I was Dallas every weekend. And there was just something about those big moments from Dak Prescott that he couldn't do it. And, you know, if you're not getting it done with the, the offense that he has, it's also interesting, too, because I, I might be contradicting myself. Yeah, he does have a lot of options. And also, is there less of a pressure this year because the stadiums aren't passed? what does this do for the players just their nerves their abilities just go and perform and zone out from everything else because like i said and like we all know dallas is a big time team it's american I mean, team right so
0: yeah i mean be to be fair, it'll though, be interesting yeah because like i mean they are playing in dallas which is in texas so knowing texas they probably will still stuff the stadium full of fans anyways uh, <laughs> that's true And thinking about that, too, like it's only going to be like the worst people that are going to those things. So Mm. yeah, that makes me worried about Dak as well. But uh, yeah, interesting thoughts there. Um, Let's think about the South. This is where the actual big news has kind of come through today. We have Tampa Bay. We have New Orleans. We have Carolina and we have Atlanta. So, talk to me, you know, I mean, Fournette going to Tampa Bay is probably the big news there. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that or any thoughts on any of those other teams?
1: That was big. Temp, that I saw that today. It was interesting. One thing that I'm not too convinced about the Bucs is I'm not big on Gronk. I don't think Gronk has what it takes anymore. I think he had a quitting mentality in New England. I think this is all just for, for publicity. Uh, I'm not sold on the Bucs yet. I know they got some firepower now going on their offense, especially now adding Fournette. But let's see what Brady can do. But
0: yeah, I'm, not I'm right there with you, honestly. I, I'm not really sold on the the Bucks at all either. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not super worried about uh, the wide receivers because, I mean, Evans and, and Godwin are just two excellent wide receivers. But, I mean, Tom Brady is 42 or 43 years old. Gronk has been out of the league for years. Uh, again there's all that talk about Fournette. like no one would even trade like a seventh round draft pick for him and we're acting like he's gonna come in and like revolutionize this offense as a runner like i i really don't have a lot of faith in Fournette. don't have a lot of faith in gronk i'm a little interested in brady because i mean it kind of reminds me a bit of that it feels weird to say that that one year where uh you know Randy Moss and Wes Welker came, and he kind of like lit it up with these star receivers, so like Godwin and Evans are by far the most talented receiving Corey's had probably since that time, so it'll be interesting oh. if you can make that work i I will say though after for years of watching the Patriots and especially recently, uh, Tom Brady throwing a deep ball is really really upsetting to watch like he's he's i find i don't know if the stats back this up but i find him to be really inaccurate on those deep balls which makes me a little bit nervous for uh I, I forget which one of those guys plays more in the slot i think i think godwin plays more out wide and evans is more in the slot or maybe it's vice versa i don't remember but whichever whoever the deep threat is meant to be out there in tampa i'd be a little bit worried about uh, their production moving forward
1: yeah I've, I've always enjoyed brady i always thought he's a competitor I didn't so much enjoy when he made out with his son on national <laughs> television. That was a little bit weird for me. But hey,
0: you know what? If you have to kiss your son on the mouth to, to get yourself going, you know, that's just kind of what – that's, that's the heart of a competitor. That's what you have to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with, with Brady and his, his group there. Um, uh, yeah. But now we're – since we're in the south, uh, we can talk about Kamara. Yeah,
0: he's he's another guy who's kind of gone back into camp. There seems to be getting ready for for week one. Uh, I I don't know if it was just like a weird bit of posturing when he said that he was he you know he wasn't going to come and the Saints were going to trade him. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me that the Saints would get rid of him because they're they're gunning for a Super Bowl this year. Uh, a lot of the kind of I think a lot of people kind of have the Saints as a Super Bowl favorite because they have. just a great roster and they almost got there last year uh Mm -hmm. so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that he would they would try to move on from him uh it does make me a little worried i'm i'm hoping it might actually shave a few dollars off his auction value uh so i can maybe scoop him up but uh yeah that's my general thought on there do you have any uh closing ones on that
1: no i think you think you got it i think that's it yeah, I, so that, I didn't know he went back to training. Is he back in training?
0: Yeah, when I I, I hopped on the Roto Worlds, which is uh you know where I I try to check once a day or so, and uh, saw that he had gone back to practice. It looked like, I or at least no was idea. working to get back to practice. Like one of those one of those things. Uh, but it seems yeah. like the, the beat writers and folks don't seem super worried at this point. So let's let's finish um, off in but the NFC West then.
1: Seahawks Antonio Brown is it gonna happen?
0: <laughs> well, we saw Josh Gordon has happened. They just they yeah. apparently just re-signed Josh Gordon today. So I mean, if they get Antonio Brown in there, it's just gonna be the all. I, I don't even know what word to use for that. Uh, but just like just d- kinda, I don't want to say crazy because I mean there's just these
1: It's gonna be electric. But that's what it's gonna be.
0: Electric. All yeah, electric. That's a good word for it. The uh, yeah. the all electric team out there. That that would be exciting. <laughs>
1: yeah i've always i've always liked that team too i like their color yeah um, not to rep but to look at i don't think i can do well in like that neon green but looks good on television so yeah i, I feel like and I, and I like antonio brown i like electric dudes i yeah, love that that's absolutely. one thing i absolutely love about the nfl is the personalities i've loved that since i started watching it's why i love the nba it's why i hate hockey um the electricity of these players and their personalities and Antonio Brown has it. Yeah. Whenever people
0: say about him he has it. You're 100% right. Yeah, and I and I totally get the freaking yeah, the hockey hate there too. I mean, it's it's so <laughs> hockey players are like the most boring people on the face of the planet. Oh so. yeah. Oh, like it's yeah. it's obnoxious to to just listen to any of them. It's breaks <laughs> the ears. Uh so so in that case then, let's let's go to the AFC. Let's run through some of those teams. Uh let's start AFC North. We got uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. Anything interesting that uh, you can think of in those uh,
1: four teams? I don't really know what's going on with these the players necessarily. I know Mixon just got paid. Yep. Um, I'm thinking uh, Robert, Ben is gonna. Big Ben is gonna have a big year. I think he's gonna be a top five quarterback this year. Um, That's bold. It's bold. You take that to the bank, okay? That, that's that's <laughs> happening. Top five, Mikey, hundred bucks on Ooh. Big Ben, okay? First round, don't sleep. Um, but yeah, yeah, Cleveland. You're
0: onto something with that. I think I think the return of Ben is going to be a a really big boost to that Pittsburgh offense. I think we're going to see like really big rebound years from like a a Juju Smith Schuster yeah. and James Connor if he can stay healthy as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Um. And then we got Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. I was like I was saying like I love personalities. I love OBJ. Um yeah. but I don't I just I don't know about this team. I know everyone was crazy about um what's his name? What's the quarterback's name there?
0: Baker Mayfield.
1: Baker Mayfield. I know everyone was going crazy last year about this guy. He was like a top top 10 QB going into the draft. I think y'all yeah, 95. And then flopped. Yeah and i'm not sold on that guy he has he's had numerous chances to just throw a ball to obj and let obj catch it and it he failed
0: yeah and, all season. and it doesn't, it doesn't
1: look like it's going to turn around
0: all year too so i mean that I that that hopefully with a healthy OBJ and they got rid of their head coach who seemed like a bit of a moron, like not, not an Adam Gase level moron, but uh still a moron. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how they rebound. It'll be interesting.
1: Yeah. Like for the sake, cause like I said, I'm a big, big OBJ fan, just like his swagger. It's cool, man. I, I really dig it. And um I want him to rebound. I don't know if it will happen there. Plus yeah. Cleveland is Cleveland is another Detroit. Right. That city, that's a dying city, man. It's it's sad to say.
0: But Why are you spending please. so much time in these dying American cities? Like,
1: what's... well, I, I spent a lot of time in Detroit because I went to law school in Windsor.
0: Oh so right, we boarded, right,
1: right. We, we border with Detroit, so a lot of my time was spent in Detroit. I actually worked a summer there as well, so I got to know the city on like a personal level. But yeah, man, it's just it's just not it. It's sad. It's because you want it to be it, but it just isn't it.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. I can see that. Uh, all right, AFC East. We got the Jets. We got the Pats. We got the Bills. We got the Dolphins. What stands out to you there?
1: Cam Newton, stay away. I'm not touching Cam oh. Newton on the Czech team. I am the exact
0: I'm... opposite.
1: No, no. Stay away. stay away from Cam Newton. I'm a big Cam be... fan too. But be... you got to stay away. Go I'm going to be go really
0: ahead. excited to pay one dollar for cam newton in this draft and then see him become a top eight quarterback in fantasy this year i'm 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 very interested in cam newton
1: that's bold that's a bold take (laughs) i I just i just don't see why if brady couldn't get his offense going last year what makes you think cam is going to get this offense going brand new offense
0: because Um, because quite frankly i think cam newton Today and last year, I mean, when he wasn't injured, I think Cam Newton's mm-hmm. a better quarterback than Tom Brady right now, quite honestly. Okay. He can do a lot more. Obviously, he can do a lot more with his running. I mean, he he's kind of shied away from that since all the injuries, but he still has a lot of that in him. And, again, like, I don't think Tom – Tom Brady's a great game manager at this point, but I don't think he's a particularly skilled quarterback, frankly, at this time. Uh, I mean, yes, no one can read a, a, a game script. No one can read a defense better than him. He can find blitzes and he can get the ball out fast. But I, I think Cam gives you a higher ceiling. And I think some of those Pats guys that they have out there, you know, Inkeel uh, Harry, who basically lost his rookie year, but was really highly regarded. Uh, they've got some interesting running backs out there now. Edelman is still going to be good for 90 receptions. I, I kind of am – I'm buying some some hype on Cam Newton here because he's he was amazing. Like he was a top five QB in Carolina for a lot of years in fantasy, and then some injuries sure. derailed him. Now that's obviously could still be a concern, but I still I really love the idea of Cam as just like a one dollar quarterback. So I think the ceiling for him is so high.
1: Interesting. Maybe I'll bid two bucks on him. Uh, I like if you bid you two dollars
0: on him. I'm out. Hundred percent. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, let's just let's keep going from there, I guess. Jet yeah, for, for um, sure. I, I do want to get to a little bit more
0: jet slander in there, just to again to to, to rub it in Victor's face a little bit just to see how apparently they think Le'Veon Bell is worse than a, a Frank Gore and a, a Kalen Ballage. <laughs> uh, so that let's hear it for the 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 really yeah. galaxy brain Adam Gase and the Jets organization. Well,
1: that's what I was going to start with. I was going to start with Le'Veon Bell. And how no one in this entire draft should draft that guy, come, like, period, done.
0: I'm he, not going to lie. Stay on, the,
1: if... stay on the waivers for the entire year. Victor does not know what he's talking about. He's been hyping up Le'Veon Bell since who knows when. Victor is irrelevant. Le'Veon Bell is irrelevant. Next topic. Unless
0: you want to continue, <laughs> <laughs> just, I just I I just had a, a good laugh when I saw that they traded for Kalen Ballage from Miami because I remember I think for gambling purposes I was watching a Miami game and like one of the defining moments of last season for me was watching Fitzpatrick throw a pass to Kalen Ballage and instead of putting up his hands to catch it like he just ducked and kept running away <laughs> from the ball and that's the guy they wanted to trade for while they already had Le'Veon Bell. Like, I just thought that was so funny.
1: Uh, It's just, that guy is something else. Well, and to be fair, I drafted this guy, like I said, in his contract lockout year, and I've hated him ever since. And then knowing that Victor is a Jets fan, and he loves Le'Veon Bell, now I completely hate this guy. But this is my advice to everyone. Um, Don't draft this guy do yourself a favor, avoid the headache, let Victor drop them in, let him sit on Victor's bench for a bit.
0: That might be the right move. Uh, all right, let's head into the AFC South where we've got the Colts, we've got the Jags, we've got the Texans, and we have the Titans. Anything stand out to you there?
1: No, this is, this is a division that I'm not very familiar with. I'll let you handle this one.
0: It's it's a pretty milk toast division, honestly. Like none of the teams there are super exciting, uh, I'm kind of excited to see what Bill O'Brien and the Texans will try and trade Deshaun Watson for if he finds some other like a random old beat up person he can get rid of someone for because that trade of DeAndre Hopkins for, uh, for David Johnson might be one of the worst trades in NFL history. I mean, we'll need to see it play out, but it looked terrible at the time and it looks terrible now. Um, But, yeah, there's not a huge amount that's really exciting down there. It might be fun to see what rookie Jonathan Taylor, the running back for the Colts, might be able to do and how quickly he takes the starting spot. Uh, But I I think you're right. I mean, maybe just looking at the Jags, too, because they have, like, no one left on that team uh, to see. I I might be buying a little bit of stock in uh, Uncle Rico out there in Gardner Minshew because if they don't have a running back, they're going to be throwing all the time. So Mm -hmm. those receivers are going to be getting a lot more work. Gardner Minshew is going to get some more work. So that might be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. The the AFC South is boring as hell. Um, so yeah. let's finish with the AFC West then with some with some sexier, more exciting teams here. So Ooh. we got the, the Raiders, we got the Chiefs, we got the Broncos, we got the Chargers.
1: Let's talk about the Chiefs right away. Patrick Mahomes. Where did he go last year in the draft?
0: Oh, I can't even remember. I mean, you, you're aware we do an auction and not a snake, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I don't remember how much he went for, but he probably went for a, a significant chunk. We actually, I think last year, I think it was either Kimber or someone else actually had, I think, both Mahomes and Lamar Jackson on the same team because Lamar was like a, a, a late round flyer. And yeah. I think the guy traded Lamar and kept Mahomes. And I don't remember. And I mean, that obviously could have worked out better, but I mean, they're both amazing quarterbacks. Um, but I don't remember, probably in like the, I would imagine the mid twenties, high twenties.
1: Okay, interesting. interesting. From, from
0: what I've seen, we don't we don't tend to pay a lot for quarterbacks uh, in in mm-hmm. option value.
1: Yeah, last year the per- so the person who won didn't have uh, Jackson or Mahomes. Is that, is that my? Uh that no, yeah.
0: Last year the the winner didn't have any of those. Uh, that was Taras. See, Taras, and I took very different uh paths to the finals where uh, Taras was really good, I think, at picking up guys on the waivers. He, he had a few guys that, he were, that were like stalwarts for him uh, and that he kept through most of the year. Uh, but then he also picked up a lot of guys on waivers, whereas I basically got there because I traded almost my entire roster and, and made my way up there. Uh, so, that, so, I mean, that's a good, uh, a good note to make there, too, that you know, a, a suboptimal draft does not doom you mm-hmm. to, uh, to losing in the league here.
1: No, of course, of course.
0: Uh, so then, um, yep.
1: What, do you have anything to add for this division?
0: I mean, do you have? I'm I'm a little curious to see uh what happens in Denver with their running back situation, because they have Melvin Gordon in there, who's, I think, a great back. Uh, but they brought him in with Phillip Lindsay still there, and it'll be interesting to see how much of a timeshare they get there. Um, But, yeah, for the most part, and, and the Raiders will be interesting, too, Uh, I'm I'm really interested in their rookie guy, Henry Ruggs, because Tyrell Williams, who was going to be one of their big receivers, is on the season-ending IR now, which to Mm me says there's going to be a lot of targets available for these rookie receivers and and Henry Ruggs and even this late other guy, uh, Brian Edwards. Uh, So those rookie receivers could be a little bit of an interesting flyer. Uh, But nothing I'm I'm thinking I'm going to uh, invest too much uh, draft capital in.
1: What about this Josh Jacobs kid?
0: Great, great. I think he's got RB one upside this year. I, I think at worst he's probably a volume, uh, you know, RB two. At mm-hmm. best, though, like if every like that's his that's his floor, and that's that's a good floor, I think, for for a lot of running backs in this draft. Uh, and and if he hits the ceiling, I think he's definitely a probably a mid tier RB one. Uh, so I, I I think Jacobs has got a, a good year ahead of him. To be honest,
1: I think the whole I don't know how you guys draft or what it looks like but in my other league that i participated in it's very running back heavy um i'm assuming it's like that in this league as well based on the points i haven't looked at the points of this league and how they're allocated but what i think is really interesting this year is that these running backs usually go down relatively easy in comparison to your wide receivers and your tight ends and now that the nfl has had a shortened preseason these players probably weren't working very much in the off season it's going, to be see how, it's going to be interesting to see how these running backs in particular are holding up. So I think, like, I think a good strategy this year, at least for myself, is going to be not to bank fully on the top running backs because I don't know how fully fit these dudes are. And who knows, right? Who knows what's going to happen? So I've been looking at a lot of these younger running backs because I think they're the more fit guys. I have no idea if that's actually accurate or not. But especially with the rookies, these guys at least played college ball for a while and probably kept up with what's going on. But I don't know this running back situation. It's, it's going to be interesting. I think injuries this year, I think they're going to be plentiful. And I think that a lot of people who draft well are going to be surprised that their top guys are, are just not there in week six, week seven.
0: I think that's a great point. Cause I mean, we, we already see that a bit with baseball, honestly. I mean, with obviously different sports, um, but right now, you know, they had a next to no spring training or, or preseason. And there's like a record number of pitcher injuries that are taking place right now. Uh, so yeah. I, I think the the worry for injury is a legitimate one, which is, again, why yours truly suggested that we have five IR spots, because I think we're going to yeah. need all of them. Um, for sure. But yeah, I think that's, that's a really interesting idea. I, th- I feel like there's always – kind of two types of auction drafters where you have the kind of, uh, you know, wait for value and spread out versus, and then you got like a a stars and scrubs uh, kind of approach. Mm -hmm. And it it seems like this year stars and scrubs has a way higher bust potential than it has in previous years. Uh, So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how the rest of the players in our, in our league, Kind of adjust to that, you know? Are we all going to be really value conscious, or is someone going to try and take advantage of that? Or are we all going yeah. to still go off big for the big guys? You know, I, will, will Kimbert still try and pay a hundred dollars for someone? I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, what's going to happen in that.
1: Yeah, that's you know, that's going to be really beneficial for the guys who watch football religiously, who know they're, like like what you're talking about. Like you seem like you really know your stuff because you're going to know all every team's option what's their backup what's their backup backup that's really going to prepare you guys yeah. like for me i'm going to be reading three hours of fantasy football news like every other day trying to figure out who is who <laughs> and what's going on so yeah but you know that's part of the fun man that's part of the fun yeah <laughs> like
0: if fun is an interesting word for it I've, I've kind of started to remove fun from my vocabulary when i talk about fantasy football because yeah. all it ever tends to bring me is misery and anger um and I mean, the only reason I know my stuff this well is because of a deep seething rage I have from from losing every year. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I, I hope it'll be fun. I'm I'm not I'm not sold on it, but I'm I'm fingers crossed. You know, I'm I'm hoping out uh, to to do better this year.
1: Hey, I'm hoping to beat you this year. But if I don't yeah. win, I hope you win.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. I need all the positive vibes I can get. <laughs> Uh, oh, so, so John, let's let's kind of bring this into a close here. Do you have any parting shots? Anything you want to say just to the league right before we sign off here?
1: Well, I think everyone should be put on notice after this. You know, it's uh, we
0: you got young Took blood. me a
1: lot. Took me a lot. Yeah, exactly. It took me a lot to just come out of my shell, and join a league with <laughs> a bunch of dudes that I don't even know. Right? Yeah. And that says a lot. I don't think Andre. I don't think people like Mikey or Victor. Or Danny. I don't think they would ever step up to the plate like that. But I'm the kind of guy that does that. You know, I, I'm, in this, I'm in this to win. I'm in this because I have a heart full of pride. And my team is not going to be disappointed in my managerial skills. I can tell you that very much. And every week, whoever faces me, they better be prepared because I'm coming. And I might not be the most experienced in this league, but I am definitely the one to watch out for because I have heart. And that's what it takes to make it in this league. Part. So I'll see you guys next week, week one, or on the draft, sorry. And that'll be it. And after that, it's no longer friendship, man. It's just business. All right? S-
0: smart, wise words from Jonathan Carvalho there. That'll do us this week for the Monday Morning cast. We will see all of y'all next week, September 9th, 8.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific. We're going to get the draft going. We're going to get it all set up and we're going to get this season on the road. So, until that time, everybody, keep crying.
1: I like electric dudes.